Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Welcome to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm your host, Rick Gaiman, and usually this is where I would tell you we're going to cover all things betting for the tournament around the world this week. However, there is no golf tournament as we are in the midst of a golf hiatus. So what I wanted to do today was give you an update on the current golf situation around the world, but I also wanted to play a little game, have a little fun, and we call this game Commissioner for a Day. Where if I was appointed the PGA Tour Commissioner, all the things that I would wave my wand and take care of on day one to improve the game, to improve the tour, to improve the experience. So I'm going to walk you through all that, but let me start with a little bit of an update on where the tour and the world of golf currently stands, and maybe even the world of sports currently stands, because the Olympics have been postponed. Uh, The news came down. That, you know, the the Olympics have been uh, thinking about this situation. They've been looking at everything going on around the world and they decided to postpone. The quote that came out of it is it's likely to happen in 2021 as opposed to 2020. This is kind of logical. It makes sense. It would have been very difficult to hold a sporting event as massive as the Olympics. But so much more than that, it is a global event. It is an event where you're going to fly in fans and athletes and everything else um, and staff from hundreds of countries, you know, 180 countries are going to fly in for this. Uh, There's no way you could hold this event in the current status of the COVID-19 coronavirus that we live in, in this world. When every other major sporting organization, when there are cities and states that are locked down, there is no reason and no way that you could comprehend holding the Olympics. Um, now, as, as far as with this being announced so early, you know, we're talking about July. Well, as you can imagine with many sporting events, and we talked about this with the PGA Tour as well, it is not just the fact that this event cannot take place on the day. It is the fact that they take months And in the case of the Olympics, years of preparation, you could not wait until the week before and try to flip a switch or something like that. So we will not see the Olympics in 2021. That means that Justin Rose (laughs) will continue to be your reigning Olympic gold medalist um, as he won in 2016 and was going to defend that honor here in 2020. That will not be happening. We'll look to 2021. And there's a lot of things that we still have to figure out, not only in the world, but in the world of sports, uh, but in the world of golf. So for example, the Olympics were using 
world golf rankings from a specific period to determine who was going to make it on the Olympic teams. Now it was broken down by, uh, by country. So you could only, each country could only have four representatives, no more than that, which means there were only four Americans getting into this event. So it was a very difficult team to qualify for. And it would take the top 60 golfers, but again, max of four from each country. So you end up getting back towards like Rory Sabatini from Slovakia uh, would probably qualify for the Olympics, you know, despite being ranked, I don't know, he might be outside the top 60 in the world. He might be inside the top 60 in the world at the moment, but you might get guys that are ranked 300th in the world just by the nature of how many countries need to be involved in this event. So are we going to freeze the official world golf. So the world golf rankings have been frozen, but are we going to freeze them and say, okay, here's who would have been in the Olympics in 2020. We're going to put them in the Olympics in 2021, whether they qualify then or not, or are we going to open it back up and say, okay, no, we're, it's, we're starting over or we're opening up a new window. We're going to do it from now until, you know, from 18 months out of whatever the new date is. So there is a lot to figure out. I can imagine that this will impact other sports more, uh, more harshly. I don't know if that's the right word. It'll, it'll impact other sports more because there are a lot of other sports like sprinting or swimming or gymnastics or whatever it is where the prime of an athlete's career is so short. Someone a year from now or 18 months from now, whatever, you know, whatever the Olympics actually ends up happening might not be in the prime anymore. So if they would have qualified in 2020, but don't qualify in 2021, would you rather have that? Or would you rather have it be honored that they were going to uh, compete in 2020, still be allowed to be compete in 2021 and not be in the prime of their career? It is a very, very tricky situation that I think everyone is trying to figure out. And uh, we will have some time to figure it out because the Olympics in Tokyo will not be happening in 2020. Additionally, the PGA Tour has come out and canceled uh, four more events on their schedule. So now eight total events. They have now canceled the RBC Heritage, the Zurich Classic, that is the team format, the Wells Fargo Championship, and the AT&T Byron Nelson. Uh, That leaves us with additionally the PGA Championship being postponed. The PGA Championship was supposed to be held at Harding Park in San Francisco. San Francisco, obviously, um, one of the hotbed areas for COVID-19. There are strict travel regulations and and things going on around that area. Uh, No way that this was going to be played in May at the at Harding Park. No way. Um, So there are rumors, there's speculation, there's rumblings of it happening potentially later in the year. Um, We talked last week about a potential unified major after the season is over and what that might look like. Uh, but the PGA championship, uh, currently postponed the next event on the PGA tour calendar that is still technically on the schedule is the Charles Schwab challenge. That's at colonial. That is May 21st. That is the next time we will see PGA tour golf at the earliest. So we are still a handful of weeks away from that. And then just the, the continued, uh, I don't want to say outbreak is on my mind, but the the continued um, evolution of the postponement of the masters Um, rumblings. Again, nothing concrete here talking about potentially having the masters in the fall, something like in October. And I think the good news about this opportunity is that 
there is so much incentive to play the majors and there is incentive to play all of all of the majors and the masters, right? There is no one advocating against playing these events, which makes me optimistic that they are going to happen at some point. They will be made up. The masters, the most likely of all of them to be made up and actually be postponed and not canceled uh, because of Augusta national's ability to control everything. They own the grounds. They own the tournament. They've got everything under control. They can put this on any week of the year. Um, in theory, because the course does close during the summer. So this is definitely a fall event. And we will have traditionalists who would be potentially upset with an October Masters if it comes to that. And we would argue whether the azaleas should be blooming coming down Magnolia Lane in the first full week of April. And we're not seeing it in October. And we're going to hear complaints that the course is not playing the same way that it did for Bobby Jones and Walter Hagen and Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas. And now this is a different type of event because tradition runs so deep at Augusta national. Uh, but this is a weird year. This is a year where tradition gets thrown out the window because I will promise you when that first tee shot is hit on a Thursday at Augusta for the masters, whether it is in August, October, April, December, whether it's played on the moon, on Mars, it doesn't matter. We will be there and we will be excited about it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, don't let that conversation bring you down. So plenty of incentive for these events to go on, which keeps me super optimistic. Uh, and then the ability to shuffle potentially the, the PGA championship with maybe another event. Uh, there is just a lot of incentive to get these, these tournaments made up. Obviously it's difficult for the regular events, you know, the AT&T Byron Nelson or, um, What's the event that I'm thinking of? Uh, Byron Nelson at TPC San Antonio, I believe. Uh, that, you know, that event is, you know, they have bills to pay, right? These, these golf courses that are open year round, it's hard for them to always be prepared for a championship caliber event because of what goes into it. So it would be difficult to uh, make any of those events up, especially with the, the schedule. But Augusta, uh, the control that the PGA has over the PGA championship, I'm a lot more optimistic about those events. Okay. Uh, let's pivot here and let's talk about commissioner for a day. Me, Rick, Rick Gaiman. I'm the commissioner for the day of the PGA tour. And whatever I say goes, those are the rules. I can wave my magic wand and I can make things happen. Also under this scenario, we assume that I've got basically all the power. Okay. I can renegotiate television deals. Uh, I can rip up contracts and write new contracts. I can do whatever I deem is best for the game of golf, the PGA tour, and I can do anything I want to further that. So don't tweet at me all of the ridiculous nonsense that you might hear and why it is not possible to rip up P TV deals or anything like that. Uh, because that's not the game we're playing. We're playing an optimistic, positive game. All right, here we go. So, uh, first things first, I think that one of the hotbed topics that has been criticized over the course of the last handful of weeks has been television coverage and it is not limited to one network. Um, we've had complaints and, and Twitter golf, Twitter has had complaints about the way that golf is covered, uh, for years, for years, no matter where it is. So let me start with this, uh, PGA tour live, the, the idea of having coverage before the actual television window starts 
is amazing opportunity to expand that right you you right now all we get are featured groups or featured holes you might see 12 golfers who go out on thursday and friday morning uh, when there are 75 on the course at one time Uh, they are being followed by on-course reporters they've got support in the booth it is a generally very good product Uh, i want to take the opportunity as the pga tour commissioner to expand that Uh, to give an opportunity for Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, anytime the full coverage isn't on, PGA Tour Live should be covering it, and you should be able to see as almost as many golfers or as many holes as you want. We'll talk more about that in a second. I also want to give a nod to PGA Tour Radio. It is also amazing. Expand it. This this opportunity to hear uh, PGA Tour Radio through your iPhone, through, through your Android, through the app, is great it just doesn't cover enough hours they they the radio coverage tends to cover more shots they tend to give more scoreboard updates because they don't need necessarily a camera out on the scene to cover all of the footage so two two uh tips of my hat nods of my cap uh to those two uh, opportunities and those two entities before we get started here and i get a little bit more critical There is, if I'm the PGA Tour Commissioner, wall-to-wall coverage of every shot every single week with no exceptions. Think about this. What other sporting event would you turn on with 30% of it to go? Um, You would never tune into a football game. You'd never turn into the Super Bowl or any, any game. Week two, week two of the NFL preseason, you would never tune in and say, and the coverage would start and it would be the second quarter. It would never happen. People would be outraged. But that's really what's happening oftentimes in the world of golf. In the world of golf, oftentimes the, the main coverage window does not start until the leaders are, what, three or four holes in? Something like that. Sometimes even later. Um, before that, we are just refreshing our apps. We're refreshing the PGA Tour website. We are trying to find coverage any way possible. And then we're trying to get caught up on what happened. And that's, that is just the featured group, or that's just the, the, the late groups, the, the leaders. By the time the coverage comes on, the majority of the golfers have already finished their rounds. That's tough. It's really tough because the way that the PGA Tour is going to expand is via gambling and it's via fantasy. So we'll talk more about how I'm going to fix those situations, but all of this is connected, okay? Uh, the ability to see any player on any hole is not just good for this super fan. It's good for gambling opportunities. So when you go to place a bet on Keegan Bradley versus Jason Duffner, you're able to watch every shot of that. It is no surprise that when the, when NBA league pass added the ability to buy one game for like $6 a night, that product, that, that was an unbelievably successful uh, feature that they added when DraftKings added PGA and golf to their uh, offerings and golf channels ratings skyrocketed in the males 18 to 35 demographic it is because we want to sweat out our fantasy lineups we want to sweat out our bets and being able to see Keegan Bradley play Jason Duffner on a Thursday morning is an incentive to get people to open up their wallets and place wagers down, to learn 
the names of these golfers, to learn their stats, to learn their history. You are now turning, instead of having 10 stars in the, in the PG, on the PGA Tour, you now have 150 because everyone knows their names, everyone knows the history, the tournaments that they won, where they play well, where they don't. It is just about expanding the brand in every possible direction. So I want wall-to-wall coverage, uh, whether that means walking cameras, whatever it takes. There is no expense that is too much to be able to tap into the betting, uh, the fantasy market, and to get people to build the brand for you by learning all of the golfers' names. We talk a lot about how this would even happen. Um, you know, is it, it's extremely expensive to put on a, a, a golf telecast. And let me say this, I in no way think that that broadcasting golf is easy. I understand how incredibly difficult it is. You in football, in baseball, in any other sport, there is one place to point the camera. You point it at home plate, you point it at the ball, and, uh, you're going to catch what happens in golf. You are spread out over however many hundred acres, um, the, the, there are multiple golfers with their ball in the air all at the same time. You don't know whether the ball, it's going to be a good shot or a bad shot until after it happens. So you don't know what to show. I have no, no qualms thinking that I am that, that, that golf coverage is easy. I know it's incredibly difficult and I know it's incredibly expensive. So I don't necessarily need a walking camera, uh, with every single group that is a, a, a major expense. Uh, you have to train the you know, train all the camera operators because it's a unique a unique sport. You have to know where to point. You have to know what to look at. So for me, it's about putting a stationary camera on every tee and every green. Uh, point it at the green. Point it down the fairway and point it uh, from the tee and point it down the fairway. That would give you at least a general idea of direction of the ball off the tee. Flip to the other camera coming from the green and be able to watch the shots coming in. That's really all you need to start. So we're talking about 36 cameras, which I understand is probably more than what they already have out there on the PGA Tour. But I believe the returns that you would be able to get from offering a subscription service to this, uh, you know, let people pay for a day or a week or a month or a year and let them access these cameras. All right, I've got a lot more ideas on how I'm going to improve the game of golf, improve the PGA Tour, make it more friendly for betting, wagering, for fantasy, everything like that. So it's me, Rick Gaiman, as commissioner for the day. You are not going to want to miss some of the things that I've got brewing up in my brain. And we will get to those on the other side. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you, because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. 
And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm Rick Gaiman, and I am the PGA Tour Commissioner. No, not really, but for today, for this show, I am. We are going through all of the things that I would do, wave my magic wands, lay down an executive order, whatever it is, uh, to improve the game for all of us. And this is obviously my opinion. Um, What we talked about earlier was the idea that you have to have wall-to-wall coverage. The idea that you have to be able to turn on the TV, your iPhone, stream it, whatever it is, uh, you have to be able to see every shot that every golfer hits, or at least something close to it, right? And the bigger picture of that is not only around, it is around gambling, it is around fantasy, but it's it's also around growing the growing the brand, allowing you to see the 90% of the golfers that you never see on the PGA Tour, allowing them to build their own brands, allowing them to build their own followings. But listen, as gambling becomes more legalized across the states and across the world, um, it's all about integrity, right? You, it is difficult to place a wager and not be able to follow the results. That's Placing the wager itself is only step one. Being able to follow along, being able to sweat it, being able to capture the results and and have it be an entertainment experience, that gets people to bet more. How often have have you, have I, put down any amount of money, something small, $10, $20, it doesn't matter what it is, just to have a rooting interest in the game. I do it literally all the time. Uh, Sunday night football, I don't really care who wins. I've got nobody on my fantasy team. I want to root for someone. Let me pick a side. That is what you could bring to golf, but you have to have the ability to let to see every shot, to see everything. Uh, you don't think if there is a a group going off on a Thursday morning when I when I wake up and I've got my first cup of coffee and it's a Thursday morning and I'm going to be able to watch Max Homa and and Joel Damon and and I don't know Matt Kuchar in a group. You don't think I'm going to put a couple bucks on that? Of course I am. And and I think I'm very much in the majority when it comes to that. It just opens up the opportunity for so much more. And then the integrity aspect, right? There are uh, pessimists and there are people who, you know, don't want to, I don't want to bet a head to head and I never got to see all my golfer shots. I don't know what they did out there. Did he, did he kick his ball out of the woods? Obviously that stuff doesn't, you know, doesn't happen on the PGA tour, uh, often, but you know what I mean? Like putting cameras on all of these guys just absolutely, uh, lowers any question of integrity, what's going on, anything like that. It just, it makes too much sense, too much sense, excuse me, not to do it. And then once you have all these cameras, uh, the things that you're able to do, uh, you're able to do cut sweat shows. So what is the be- the best part about golf gambling 
is that it lasts four days. It lasts four days. Uh, a lot of times anyone can win or anyone can finish in the top five or in the top 10. And you can get long shot odds that you can't get in other sports. So let me give you an example. If you want to bet something 100 to one in the NBA, what is that? What is that bet? That bet is likely the only bet that you can likely get is a future on a very bad team to win the NBA championship. Same in hockey, right? And you know, a very bad team to win the NHL championship, the Stanley cup in golf. And those bets in other sports, they take months to come in six months, nine months, whatever it is, you are waiting for all of those long shots to come in. And it is very, very unlikely you ever get there on the flip side in golf, a hundred to one, like six guys last year were a hundred to one or longer. And they won golf tournaments. You could place five bucks on a hundred to one golfer and in four days, wake up with $500. I mean, that incentive, there is no other sport in which you can get long odds that long and turnaround times that quick. It's incredibly appealing. Okay. So it's already an unbelievable sport to bet. It's, it's once a week, they all play the same course. It's not like in baseball where you have to worry about 32 different starting, you know, or 30 different starting pitchers, uh, playing in 30 different ballparks or 15 different ballparks on a given night. It's just, it's chaos. It's mad chaos. You don't have that issue in the world of golf. So it's already built to be one of the best betting sports out there. We just have to make it more friendly. So what's the next best part? Well, cut sweats. Okay. So whether your golfer makes it to the weekend or not, is going to be critical because someone makes it to the weekend, makes the cut. They have a chance to, you know, rarely win, but top five, top 10, they have a chance to improve their standings in any matchup bets that you have. They will uh, allow you to improve your standings in any fantasy contests that you have. So really after two days, you get this really beautiful sweat on Friday afternoons about who is going to make the cut. Now, do you see those on TV? No, of course not. You don't see those golfers on TV because Quite frankly, the general public doesn't care if this guy is one over par trying to make birdie on the last to make the cut and be in a tie for 76th, right? No one cares about that as far as the general public goes, but it has huge implications for the rest of us. So once you have the cameras everywhere on every group, on every hole, you could easily flip this into a cut sweat show, which allows you to look at what is the current cut line? who is just inside, who is just outside. If someone is putting for bogey and they're inside the cut line and if they miss it, they're going to drop out. That's important to know. If you have someone who's trying to get in and has to make birdie on this hole, that's important to know. These are little moments throughout the tournament that have so much ramped up pressure. You know, it's golf in general for the, for the vast majority of the general public is three and a half days of kind of like, okay, this is whatever. And then the pressure ratches it up, but we know that's not true. And it's not true for these golfers. They're getting this ratcheted up pressure Friday afternoon, uh, trying to make the cut. Then on Saturday, trying to move up the leaderboard. Then on Sunday, if they're in contention, there are many more moments for it. So put together a cut sweat show, allow us to subscribe to, I mean, I I'm creating a streaming network media conglomerate around here that allows us to be able to do all of this. And here we go. We continue to expand, right? I'm talking about, uh, more cameras, more holes, more players. 
air the practice rounds. Why aren't the practice rounds on television? The NFL plays uh, preseason games on TV. Major League Baseball puts spring training games on TV. Uh, the NHL puts preseason games on TV. Why are we not airing practice rounds? I know guys aren't playing for score, but I want to see these guys out there, see how they're hitting it. Again, this goes back to uh, betting. It goes back to fantasy. I want to scout my guys. Why are we not seeing this on the PGA Tour? You get you know Wednesday's practice round. Maybe you get Tuesday's practice round. Again, very low key. I'm not asking for any major production. I'm asking you to point cameras out there and let us see what happens. Now, I understand that networks who spend a lot of money for the broadcast rights, they want to make sure that everything the viewer sees is through a great lens, right? It has been uh, checked by a producer. uh, The graphics are correct. All of that stuff. You're not seeing any poor quality product. You're not seeing me walk around with my iPhone. I get it. I think that networks should be able to take one, one step back and just say, okay, it's going to be in full HD. We're not going to have a commentator on every single hole, on every single group. Point the cameras, let the crowd noise do the, do the work, and just let it go. Uh, and once we can kind of get that going, it opens up the opportunities for a lot of this information. So now we are on uh, cut sweat shows. We are talking about practice rounds. Throw cameras on the driving range. I want to see, and maybe you can, and maybe you can't even see it, but like Rory hitting driver. How's he hitting it? And maybe you just have a camera set up and you can see everyone on the range at the same time. But I want to know who's out there working hard. I want to know that Sung Jay got out there early and was hitting balls. Like this is, there is so much content. And if you go, if you go to a PGA tour event, you'll see this yourself. There are 40 golfers on the driving range at one time. There's 25 guys on the putting green. It is And there's people standing around it watching it. And if they're watching it at the event, we want to watch it on TV. We want to watch it on our computers. This is all content that should be shared um, along with the press conferences, along with all of the other media obligations. Just point cameras out there. Live stream it. Let's go. Let's go. This one to me is a big one. uh, And it's the data. The data on the PGA Tour is growing, but it is very secretive. Uh, I'm talking specifically around the strokes gained data. We have to put, and as commissioner, I guarantee we put shot link tracking on every single course played on the PGA tour. No exceptions. It is fairly insane not to have this. Could you imagine if you said, what were Tom Brady's stats last year? And the answer was, well, He threw 33 touchdowns in measured games. In the games that we kept stats for, he threw 33 touchdowns. Everyone's head would explode if that was the case. Uh, But that is the reality that we live in in the world of golf. Because the shot link data, the the system that they put in place with lasers and measurements, it is not available at every single tournament. It's available for the majority but it's usually not at all the WGC events, the, the events that are overseas. You don't see it at all the, all the majors. Augusta National doesn't have it. The Open Championship doesn't have it. Those are the crown events, and we are supposed to look at statistics for the season and decide how a player played, and it's not a complete, uh, a complete slate. Like So when you look at someone who, you know, Terrell Hatton's a great example right now. 
you know, he's only played four events all, but the, like the two events that he's played, he's finished, uh, or the two events that had shot link, he has finished like first and sixth. So his, his strokes gain data is historically good. Now he's having a good season otherwise, but it is historically good because he's got like eight measured rounds. Uh, again, I just go, I just liken back to other sports. How many home runs did Mike Trout hit this year? Well, he hit 23 in measured games. That would be such an insane thing to say. And, and I understand that it's not as black and white in golf uh, as it is with other sports, right? In, in, in baseball, a home run is a home run. Very easy to quantify, very easy to plug into a database. The strokes gain data, the shot link data is a vast network of uh, equipment out on the course that you need humans to run and input the data into. So I get it's not easy to lug that equipment all over the world to find people that are qualified and able to manage the shot link data. I mean, a lot of times you get volunteers, you get volunteers at a lot of these courses who have, you know, get a a two day crash course in how to use the shot link uh, information. And then they come back and volunteer again next year. And it's a new city every single time. So I don't even remotely act like this is an easy, uh, an easy thing to, to figure out, but we've got to figure it out. If the PGA tour wants to be respected as one of the premier major sporting organizations, and we live in a world where stats and data is so critically important, you have to come up to the times and you have to provide this information every single course, every tournament of the year, no exceptions. Then you've got to open up the data. You got to start letting developers access this data for a fee. Sure. Charge, charge people to use it, charge a monthly fee, charge a yearly fee, have another revenue stream. This would pay for all of those volunteers that can now be part-time employees. They can be contractors. They can be whatever to set up and manage the shot link information. You can pay for it by letting third-party developers, you know, third-party websites, whatever it is, tap into this database. And what we've seen in other sports is when that data gets opened up, whether it is open publicly or whether it is open in a, just a developer setting, lots of great things come out of it. You get amazing apps. You get apps that do predictive analysis. You get apps that can do augmented reality. You get, uh, you know, the information where, the routes that a wide receiver runs or the, uh, the tracking information for NBA players. Like think about every other sport and how stats have evolved and how many different websites and many different companies out there are taking advantage and promoting the sport. And then you look at the PGA tour and you realize that not every event is even measured and the data is very secretive and there's not a lot of, of, really cool stuff coming out of it. That's not coming from the PGA tour or one of the official partners. It's just, it's just really unfortunate. So, um, you gotta have shot link data. You gotta have the data available either publicly or an option to go and buy it. I mean, there was a time where the shot link data was available to, uh, to students, to, uh, research processes. And the, the, the things that came out of that pilot program were so 
good and we advanced the game and people were thinking about the game from a lot of different angles and uh, these articles went you know went viral or they went uh, across the, the community and we all read them that's the stuff we're starving for we're starving for more information we're starving for innovation which is really what this all comes down to when you let companies or you let developers get their hands on some of this very valuable information yes you're giving up value but you're getting it back in innovation and in really cool new ways to uh to view the pga tour and to view the world of golf in fact this is probably not even just a pga tour issue this is a european tour issue this is any tour any tour that wants to be taken seriously the world of golf this is where we're at we've got to have measured rounds everywhere no exceptions and if it means shot link great if it means shot link v2 whatever that looks like to make it easier to make it not need so many volunteers to make it not need so many cameras or lasers or whatever i don't know but i think it would be a, a very smart investment to look at that aspect of the game that is quite frankly trailing the other major sporting organizations uh just be, it just in its completeness and take that and say this is what we're going to plant our flag we are going to strive to improve this as much as possible okay so just to recap really quickly i'm the commissioner uh, we're going to update the telecast we're going to update the data and we're going to talk about some more ideas that i have for the pga tour for the world of golf i think some of these are going to get past the pga tour and just move on to uh the world of golf and some other opportunities that we see but we're going to get to those uh right after these words dailyrodo.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports all year round we never stop industry leading dfs tools and custom projections and now the dailyrodo.com optimizer in minutes build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys learn from the game's best dfs players join dailyrodo.com Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is a kind of an interesting little episode for this week. Uh, at the top of the show, we went through the current PGA Tour update and World of Golf update, which is hiatus time. Uh, officially, the PGA Tour has canceled four more weeks, so the next scheduled event on the PGA Tour remains the Charles Schwab Challenge, which is May 21st to the 24th. That is technically still on we will see if there are any other uh, rounds of cancellations but that event 
is still on the books. That is a handful of weeks away. So we're going to stay busy with some other topics. Uh, In the meantime, uh, the PGA championship has also been postponed, supposed to be at Harding Park in San Francisco. That will be postponed and hopefully made up at a later date. The Olympics have been postponed, so we will not be seeing uh, Justin Rose defend his gold medal at this year's Olympics. Maybe it'll be next year's Olympics, the 2021. We will see as all of that plays out, but lots of implications around the world of golf, around the world of sports, and around the world as we try to figure those items out. Additionally, the Masters and the PGA Championship, again, I mentioned postponed. We will see if we can get those made up at any point towards the end of the year. Lots of fluidity still left in that situation. For today, I've been commissioner. I've taken over Jay Monahan's job, and I have been the PGA Tour commissioner, and I am waving magic wands. I'm breaking rules. I'm doing whatever it takes to advance the game based on uh, basically my interests. So uh, what I've already done thus far is I've... Uh, tried to improve the telecast, which is just wall-to-wall coverage, being able to see any golfer that you want on any hole that you want at any time that you want. Uh, then being with, with stationary cameras on every tee and green, I lamented the necessity for betting to be able to do this. Uh, that way you can watch any golfer play any other golfer in a head-to-head or a three-ball or anything like that. It opens up the opportunity for Uh, cut sweat shows. It opens up the opportunity to air practice rounds. And then I mentioned the data, Uh, data, having shot link on every course that these golfers go to is critically essential. If you want to be taken seriously as a major sports organization or a major, uh, I mean, these, a lot of these major sports organizations are all about the data right now. And if you want to be all about the data, you've got to provide the data. Uh, let's jump into a couple of other ideas here. Um, the, the fact of betting keeps coming back, right? And, and the idea that in a lot of European cities, you can walk across the street uh, to a bar, to a pub, place a bet and come back over and watch the golf. There has been rumors and rumblings that the PGA Tour working on a way for you to be able to put wagers in at the course. Uh, not only is that critically essential and one of my top priority items, but I want, I want mobile betting while you're at the course, whether that is, again, there are different, there's different legislation currently in different states. So if you go to a state where gambling is not legal, you got to get creative. There's got to be ways to do pools, um, getting engaged with, uh, fans who are at the event to give them a rooting interest is essential. Whether you're in a state that doesn't allow gambling, but there's an app that lets you choose 10 golfers for this week for only people who are there on site and uh there's prizes you know there's swag there's cash i don't know what the legalities are but you do whatever it takes to incentivize users who are at the event to participate in the results obviously not physically participate in the results we don't want them kicking balls uh back into the fairway but be extremely vested and invested in the results Um, setting up kiosks, right? Being able to do this, not only mobily, but at a kiosk, almost like a 50, 50 rally, right? Or a 50, 50, uh, opportunity at a, at a hockey game. You go up to a kiosk, you get your tickets here. You go up to a kiosk, you place a couple of, uh, uh, wagers, or you get your pool entry, you take your ticket and you wait to see who is cashing out at the end. I think this is logical. I think there are many ways that you can do it for 
the entirety of the tournament. You can do it for one day. So if I only go to the Genesis Invitational for Thursday, uh, that's that's where I can, you know, I can just put my kiosk in there. And, and I'll, I'll be frank, if I was able to say, okay, uh, Rory's going to shoot 66 or better, for example, and my prize, if I get that right, is a hat, a mug, a whatever. I, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, I would stay longer. I've left PGA tour events early. Cause like, I'm like, all right, well, I've seen enough. There's not that much keeping me here. So if you stay longer, the more money you spend, the more time you're out there, the bigger the crowds are, it is incentivized for everyone for you to be there and for you to be there as long as possible. And I believe that some type of incentivized wagering, or I shouldn't even say wagering, just like invest interest, investment, attention, investment, uh, would go a long way in that aspect. I also want more formats. The PGA tour, the world of golf, they play stroke play. What? 95% of the time. That sounds about right. You know, once a year we get the match play, uh, we get the Zurich classic, which is a team event once a year. We're not going to get the Zurich classic this year. We're not going to get the match play this year. What makes the Ryder cup and the president's cup so special? Uh, it is not only the fact that you are teams pitted against one another, but the volatility and the excitement in match play where it is mono e mono is amazing. So the fact that we only get match play once a year is kind of crazy. I actually think there should be a match play major. The PGA championship was match play for a long time until like the fifties. I think we should have a fifth major that is a match play event. And because that's really what a lot of casual golfers will go out and play. Um, if I go play my buddy, we're probably not playing stroke play. You know, we put, we, we, we put 20 bucks on it. We're probably not playing stroke play. We're probably playing match play. If he has to give me a couple strokes or I have to give him a couple strokes, we'll do it on those, on those holes, but we're not playing stroke play. Match play is the way to find a champion. And I understand there's a lot of logistics that go into that as well, but uh, they're able to do it at the WGC. Let's have a major, but let's go further than that. I want more teams. I want more team uh, events. The, the Ryder Cup is great, but put these guys into two-man teams, four-man teams, whatever it is, and play a couple of times a year. Could you imagine if sprinkled throughout the year, there were four or five team events that you could keep the standings on for each team. And then at the end of the year, there would also be a team championship. You could turn this into other sports. I mean, um, tennis has doubles, right? There's singles championships. There's doubles championships. Golf could have singles and doubles. Golf could have team events. You could put these guys not only in best ball, alternate shot. You could let them play a scramble. Could you imagine the excitement and the low scores that would be shot if you put Rory and Dustin Johnson or Rory and Xander Shoffley in a two-man scramble, they'd shoot 56. I don't know, something crazy. It would be absolutely awesome to see those guys destroy the course. Also, if you're the PGA Tour, you could almost make franchises out of these teams, which is kind of the idea of what the PGL, the, the Premier Golf League, wanted to do. They wanted to make little franchises out of these teams, which I think is brilliant. I think this is one of the great ideas that came from the failed experiment of the PGL is having a team aspect. Again, it's a rooting interest. 
everyone would choose, every fan would choose a team that they want to be a fan of. Hey, I want to be a fan of Rory and um, Cantlay and Patrick Reed and Gary Woodland. Like, that's my team. That's my team. And we can name these teams, right? Like uh, the Dragons, the Bumblebees, the whatever you want to call it. We'll come up with much better names than that. But you could name these teams. You could sell merchandise. You could rock swag at the events. Like this to me is such a no-brainer. Where's all the swag in golf? Where's all the uh, merchandise in golf? It's just whatever the course has, right? It's it's the name of the event. You put it on a logo ball. Uh, you put it on a towel and that's it. Where's the creativity, right? Let's get these guys to be part of teams. Let's have team colors. Let's have team logos and let's sell the merchandise. It is such a good idea and would be a ton of fun along the way. Uh, I mentioned the scramble. I want to see these guys playing a scramble, two man, four man, whatever it is. I want to see them playing a scramble. You know, that's the, the, usually the format of choice when you go out to your golf outing, right? You play a, a golf outing for whatever, whether it's charity, fun, competition, uh, scramble usually comes up. Let's do a long drive competition. Let's do a closest to the pin. Why are these not being count? Like the, the UFC, another, uh, single athlete sport, they have the fight of the night bonus. Where is the shot of the day bonus? The shot of the week, the longest drive bonus, the closest to the pin bonus. Why are we not using all of this data? We have creating a bunch of highlights, blasting it all out on social media, having a competition. You know, the idea around, um, there is a, a risk reward hole that, uh, it's through a sponsor that basically like, okay, yeah. Um, you know, we designated a single hole every single week and it's the risk reward hole. And we take whatever the, you know, whatever your average score is on that hole over the course of the season. And we give you a million bucks if you win, but it's like, it's talked about for two minutes. It's very corporate. It's very sponsored. Like, but that's a good idea, a good idea to make little challenges within the game to make things fun, to incentivize golfers, to do whatever. That way, if you miss the cut, you can still make money that week. If you um, play poorly for the entire round, but hit one good shot, you can find a way to cash something. Like that to me is, is a much better idea than just saying who won on Sunday. You could turn this into a nonstop content machine, which is what the NFL does. The NFL is a nonstop content machine from training camp to the draft, to the preseason, to the regular season, to the playoffs. It never stops. It is year round with the NFL and it could be year round with the PGA tour. And it could be every single day. There could be something for the PGA tour, which not, which almost no other sport could boast. I want events without fans. And I think this is maybe kind of a weird request or a weird idea, but I go back to how we take in golf, how we play golf, how we watch golf. The vast majority of us will never, ever get to play at a course with grandstands, let alone grandstands that are full, right? I mean, I've played Torrey Pines a couple of weeks after the Farmers Insurance Open and the grandstands were still up there. And it's super intimidating. Obviously, nobody's in it. But like, I want to see the opposite of that. I want to see professional golfers with no grandstands. There are times when they get a benefit because their ball, they hit such a bad shot, but it banks up against the grandstand and now they can um, get a free drop out of that or get free relief. I want them to play the course the way that I play it, which is kind of an interesting idea. 
But really what this would be able to do is allow you to play courses that you normally wouldn't be allowed to play. Because quite frankly, not every course and not every city or not every town that these courses are in have the infrastructure in place to host a world event, a PGA tour event. Um, whether that is they don't have an airport all that close to them, they don't have a real uh, large uh, international airport close to them, whether the plot of land is just not big enough to put grandstands on or you can't put people in them, you can't let 40,000 people walk around here. So it rules out a lot of really great courses. I'll give you an example, Marion. So Marion hosted, oh man, at this point, what was it, the 08 US Open? Does that sound about right? Justin Rose won it, but Marion's right outside of Philadelphia. It is one of the smallest plots of land uh, out there, which is why Marion's such a very short course is because they can't expand it. There's nowhere to go. And they were able to make a US Open happen there, but you could play that without any fans and not have to worry about it. Or the Bandon courses, Bandon Dunes. Uh, those courses in, 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 in Washington, in Oregon, that are just not set up for commercial grandstand and infrastructure, but they are literally some of the best golf courses in the world. They rank highly uh, top 100, top 10, top five every single year. Those are the type of courses I want to see my golfers play on. And you'd be able to open it up to play events without fans. And then you put mics on these guys, right? You walk around with boom mics, you put mics on them and just like listen to caddies, listen to the caddy conversations. There's no one interrupting you. There's no fans yelling out, get in the hole. There's no yells, fans yelling out mashed potatoes. Uh, oh, by the way, if I'm the commissioner, th those guys are getting ejected and banned for life immediately. Um, that might've been funny 20 years ago, but it has not evolved and it's not funny. And insta ban if you say that um so i think it'd be really cool to see these guys play without fans and it would open up a lot of courses that i think we would really love to see and they'd look good on camera but you wouldn't have to put the infrastructures in place and then finally i think we need to talk about the other pgl idea which is appearance fees and i get what uh the top tier pro athletes are going after here you know they are used in marketing, you know, Roy McElroy is used in all the marketing. He's used in all the TV negotiations. He's used in everything that sells and makes money for the PGA Tour. But he shows up on Thursday and has the same chance, in theory, of winning the top prize as every other golfer in the field. And if they miss the cut, he could get $0. And he's lost money that week. Now, I understand why golfers want appearance fees. And I think it should actually be considered pretty strongly, but it would be a lot to figure out. So for me right now, as the commissioner, we're not going to do appearance fees, but we do need to figure out a way to really start to compensate everyone in a much more equitable fashion. And if that means I can't use Rory in my sales pitch because I'm not paying him every single week, maybe that's the key. Or maybe the PGA Tour sponsors some of these bigger names or whatever it is. We need to figure out a way. I think we're at the point in 2020 where the, the cut you know, you make the cut, you get paid, you miss the cut, you don't get any money uh, is a little outdated at the moment. And I think some golfers, which is why they turn their eyes to the PGL for at least a second, gave it a, gave it a head turn um, is what makes it pretty interesting. So there you go. I'm Rick Gaiman. I'm the commissioner for the day. I've added cameras. I've added data. I've added uh, match. I've added different match formats. I've opened up all of these different opportunities for uh, television and streaming coverage. 
and uh, we're gonna work with the we're gonna work with the players. We're gonna work with the players on some type of appearance fee and things like that. But we're also gonna see more formats. We're gonna see more skins games. We're gonna see more match play, uh, and we're gonna see events at courses we've never seen before. I'm Rick Gaiman. You can tell me how bad those ideas are on Twitter at Rick Run Good. But this has been another episode of Golf Betting on Demand. I'm looking forward to getting back here next time and talking through more golf. See ya. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.